0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Can't Stop the Growth. I'm your host, Chad Peterman, and I am extremely excited to jump into part one of a series we did at our future leaders meetings, where I talk in depth about a book that I recently read, The Dichotomy of Leadership by Jocko Willink. Uh, This book is one of the best books on leadership that I have read recently, uh, if not ever, and he just goes into a number of different lessons that he has applied during his time as a Navy SEAL and how we can apply those to business. Um, In this first part, I talk about his first chapter, uh, which he talks about the ultimate dichotomy, um, about loving our people, um, but ultimately understanding that they are going to have to go do a job that they could potentially get harmed. Uh, obviously in the business world, harm means fail. And so I talk a little bit about in part one about, are our people failing for the right reasons? Uh, are they failing because we're micromanaging them and they become disengaged? Or are they failing because we are failing to give them feedback as a leader? So without further ado, let's jump into part one. Uh, don't forget to check out part two and three to come later on in the coming weeks. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. As I was preparing, kind of looking over my notes this morning, you know, I just got really excited. It's just small steps like this morning that are ultimately gonna lead to us continuing on down the path of becoming better leaders, uh, becoming better parents, um, friends, uh, whatever it may be that we are doing. And I think I reflected on that simply because a lot of these lessons in here are things that I continue to work on. As I look back through some of these, I was like, oh yeah, you got a little work to do there. Um, And some of this stuff is challenging. Um, And I think that that's the fun part, is how can I take a little bit of this, implement it today, then tomorrow, then the next day, and keep on moving down that path of learning. You know, learning never stops. That's the fun part about it, is you're always learning something new. The tank is never full. We're always looking to add whatever we can from whatever you know, whatever resources we have to continue to get better. I've talked about Jocko before. He has another book, Extreme Ownership. Um, I think I've talked about this one before. Uh, this is his newest one, uh, The Dichotomy of Leadership. Quite possibly one of the best like leadership books I've ever read. Um, it's, it's very easy, uh, given my personality type, it's like right down my alley. It's broken, each chapter is broken into three sections. You've got a story, you've got the principle, and then you've got how it applies to business. Couldn't be easier to, for me to just go right along. It's, it's perfect. Um, but uh, he really hits on some lessons. Um, and I think the thing too, that I always take from this that gives me a little bit of confidence is a lot of his stories, a lot of his lessons are based on leading in war and yet he's able to pull out these leadership lessons, um, apply them to business. And when you start to apply those lessons to business, it doesn't seem all that difficult to apply if he was able to apply it while people were shooting at him. Um, And people were shooting at the people that he was leading. Um, And he was leading those people into harm's way. So. A little bit of background, Jocko, former SEAL. um, I actually had the opportunity about a month ago, I think, uh, yeah, early October, to go hear him speak down at the War Memorial. Um, The crazy thing about him is you look at him and you're like, yeah, all right. I'm glad him and guys like him are protecting me. Uh, That's wonderful. Uh, He looks very scary and very intimidating, yet all of his leadership tactics are as far from that as possible. Um, It's a lot about caring and compassion, understanding um, is is his leadership style. Um, But uh, nonetheless, in this book, um, he starts out, uh, in, in the title of the book is The Dichotomy of Leadership. So he's talking a lot about how do I balance two things? How do I balance not going too far this way, not going too far that way, but finding kind of that middle ground when it comes to leading people, um, the first chapter uh, is what he calls the ultimate dichotomy. Um, and that is the ultimate balance of loving your people, but ultimately understanding that you're going to send them into harm's way. Obviously, this is a little, little bit easier to relate in a kind of a military wartime setting of, yeah, you develop relationships with these guys, and then as the leader, you tell them to go into that building and you don't know what's behind that door. I think in the business setting, in the real life setting, uh, when I read this chapter, I immediately um, thought of parenting. In parenting, we I'm new at this, but uh, reflecting back on, on how I was raised is you know, as a parent, you love your child but ultimately, at the end of the day, have to send them out into the real world. And while you may wanna make every decision for them, think decisions they make are silly, we have to let them fail. We've gotta let them go out into the world and live their life. I think where we see problems in today's society is where parents are trying to live their kid's life, whether that be ego-driven, or whether that be a micromanagement of their entire life, which ultimately leads to rebellion and all of these other great things that we hear about. And so it's finding that balance of how do I show either my people or my child that I love them, but ultimately we're going to send them out into this dangerous world that we know not so much dangerous that they're going to get hurt, but they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make wrong decisions. They're going to you know come up short on a test they're gonna you know maybe make uh, you know date the wrong guy or date the wrong girl or whatever it may be they're gonna do things that um, us as the parent given our experience are gonna stand back and go god i wouldn't have done it that way or man i wish i could protect them from doing that but ultimately uh, as we know as parents and then as we know as leaders failure is where we learn Even as leaders, failure in leadership is where we learn how to become a better leader. We can all probably point to times where we did something as a leader thinking it was the right thing to do and ultimately led to not a good result. Well, that's okay. We can learn from that. I think when analyzing this dichotomy, the the key is understanding why people are failing. Why the group isn't hitting the goal. And I say that because is it that we love them so much, that we're connected to our group, we don't want to make anybody upset, that we overmanage them? We manage them, we put so many rules in place and so many procedures and follow it to a T that it ultimately leads to disengagement. We want them to follow it so closely that ultimately they begin to follow the process rather than you. Or is it the other extreme, where we allow them to fail and then we give them no feedback? Ultimately, never allowing them to get any better. As some of you have probably heard me on this, uh, this feedback, I don't know what it's called, uh, like feedback tour, uh, where I continue to stress the importance of feedback, I can assure you it will only get stronger over the coming months. Um, but I think it is extremely important. And when we look at this, trying to figure out how much we manage And then when we take our foot off of that that management train, making sure that we provide the feedback. So I look at it from from two perspectives. You've got your management side, so you can go way over, over management, but then when you let off of that, you can't let off of it too far and provide no feedback. Feedback's that other side that's coming in to push them on the tracks. I always think of leadership as, trying to keep something on the track. So you're always hitting it from both sides. It's like a pinball. You know, you're trying, just trying to keep it in the middle. You're not trying to, you know, really lose it to one side or lose it to the You're just trying to keep it down the middle. Um, and when you're leading people, keeping them going down the middle is where we need to keep them. Because if you stray too far to one side or the other, you're going to lose them. You can see You can become disengaged if you get no feedback because you're just going through the motions, or you can become disengaged because there's so much structure that you're literally overwhelming people. And so you've got to find those spots. Now, feedback is extremely important. That's how we show our people that we love them. That's how we get them the information to keep improving and feedback comes in a lot of different ways Um, you know the one that we stress here is you know a one-on-one meeting uh, sitting down with somebody and understanding why they are struggling why they are having problems following that process you know sometimes we have the tendency to correct failure with more process The problem is the process. You got too much of it. Slow down. What are the key important things that we need to accomplish and then allow them to work in there? Ultimately, adding more process is not feedback. Adding more process is simply putting more rules to drive them further and further down the road to disengagement. Ah, dang. Really? Another thing? Another? I mean, at that point in time, they become robots. We don't want robots. The reason we are successful is because we have so many different kinds of people. The concept of following you and not the process is something to always keep in mind. And it's to me, it's one of those things where We need to evaluate each person that we're leading and understand what they need to follow you. What's follower A need from me as a leader? What's follower B need? What's follower C? What's follower D? They all need something a little bit different. They all need feedback in a different way. They all need really process in a different way. There's a main vein of process but that's just how we get the job done. What are those key, what are those key pieces that we need to have in place for someone to be successful? You know, I always look at, uh, I mentioned parenting at the, uh, at the outset here of this, um, of this kind of section. And to me, as being a, being a new parent, this is something that, you know, it's like you gotta, I got a clean slate here uh, and so trying to find that balance is something that, you know, I'm always uh, always thinking about. You know, there's no playbook on how to do this. We were at the uh, – uh, I was at the dentist yesterday, and um, we, uh, at, uh, my wife was with me, and she asked the dentist, you know, when do we need to bring our daughter into the dentist? I mean, she's got a couple of teeth, but not all of them. And he goes, well, you know, you need to, you need to probably just – make sure you're brushing them. And like the look on our face was like, uh-oh. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay. You, you, like, yeah, we, we didn't know we needed to do that, but by God, we're gonna get right on it. Um, and so when there isn't a playbook, I've always resorted to how am I acting? And what kind of example am I setting for my people to lead. Um, I always look at uh, when it comes to this piece of, of loving, knowing that someone could get could get hurt um, or could make a mistake or could fail. Um, I always think of um, my dad and when uh, I was younger from probably, oh you know, God, probably from when I was like five or six up until about seventh grade. Um, I was big into soccer, big. I mean, like, we traveled far and wide to play. Um, and Dad was never like a huge like soccer fan. like if there was a uh, if there was an opportunity to go to Tyler's football over my soccer tournament, mom always came with me. Um, and so not huge into it yet he was he was always there when he could be. and he was always supportive. but at the same time, he also, <laughs> was never bashful about providing some critical feedback. So it was kind of like one of those things where when you're always looking for a parent's approval, they give you the positive, but then also giving some of that real life negative. You know, I remember one game, it was actually out I think in like Brownsburg, It's weird I remember the exact place that I was playing when I was like eight, um, but uh you know, it was a game that I, I just, I sucked. I, it just was not very good. Just if there was a mistake that could be made, I made it. And we're in the car ride home, and, you know, you get positive feedback. And he said, you didn't play very good, did you? Well, you know, being honest, no, I didn't. Kind of took me back. But it was always one of those things that I continue to think about of it's all right to give a little bit of negative feedback sometimes. Um, because it's not really negative, it's just an opportunity to get better. Well, I can tell you the, probably the rest of the season, um, I remembered that and got a little better. Wasn't trying to um, you know, insult me or you know, point me out or anything like that, but um, sometimes we have those opportunities where someone has come up short and yet we don't provide that feedback, thus allowing them to fail even more down the line because they don't know that that wasn't good Uh, or if they get no feedback it must have been all right you know I mean it wasn't great I know that but I mean it wasn't you know I guess it wasn't terrible Um, but addressing someone that's where you learn and we've got to be willing to give that feedback um, that real-time feedback to those people um, because that's where we're gonna grow or as everyone can probably admit we just complain about it. I can't understand why he won't do that right. Why I can't understand why he won't do that right. Have you ever told him? Well, not really, but I can't understand why he won't do that right. Like we've got to have those conversations and the power in those conversations comes with consistency. How do we consistently give that feedback? Because if we just say it to him one time, they're gonna forget. There's a whole lot of stuff coming at people all the time. And so that consistently reminder, are we getting better at this? Are we getting better? Then it becomes habit. Then we can start to make progress. So in summarizing that, why are they failing? Understand why we are failing. Is it over management or is it no feedback? Where are we at? Why are they failing? They need to be failing for the right reasons. Failing because of over management is not the right reason to be failing. Failing because they get no feedback is not the right reason. Failing because they're trying to get better off of the feedback that you're giving them within the process that you're creating, that's good failure. We want that um, because that is where we're gonna grow. So finding that good failure. Always analyzing, if someone's not doing something correctly, why are they not doing it correctly? As I always say, God willing, no one showed up here today to do a bad job. So if they didn't show up to do a bad job, it's probably because they don't know. They've never been given feedback. They don't understand something. So get with them and try to understand what they need to get better. What they need to do it right.